This is Knowing Truth with Pastor Scott, a podcast devoted to God's Word and how to apply its truths to everyday life. Let's get into this lesson and see what the Word of God has to say. Hello and welcome to Knowing Truth with Pastor Scott. I'm your host, Scott Rambo, and I wanted to do this uh, this series. It's a three-part series. Um really looking into the scriptures and uh, seeing what the Bible has to say about who we are in Christ. Um, Somebody sent me a picture uh, the other day, a meme, as you will, um, and it it was a bunch of different Bible verses uh, on and a bunch of I statements, right? Uh, and, And we know that in our Christian walk, it's Christ, and and we live in Christ. It's not we who live, but it is Christ who lives in us. But but I wanted to take a a moment to to kind of step back and remember who we are in Christ. I believe it's significant, and uh, it, it it's in the Word of God for a purpose, and I believe that purpose is for times just like. Uh, just like we're we're in today, where it's easy to look around and see uh, a, a lot of horrible things happening. We we live in a a, a pro a post Christian world, um, something that uh, is almost unthinkable to to even imagine uh, a world that doesn't care about Christian values, but that's, that's where we are today. Um, it wasn't like that when I was, when I was growing up, at least I was shielded from it. If it was, I don't remember my whole life, um, was, was around godly things. It was in church and, and around church and Christian values in the home and in church and, and even though I didn't come to faith until I was 17 years old, um, I still I still cared when I sinned, um, and that is because of the upbringing that that I was I, I was immersed in. I, I had Christian values, even though I myself wasn't a Christian. But slowly but surely, we can look into today's society and. Um, very easily and very quickly see that people just are apathetic. They do not care that they're doing wrong. It's perfectly fine. Um, the truth is there is no truth. When you talk to somebody, that's that's what they say without saying it. Uh, but what is true is who we are in Christ. And I want to speak into your lives today if I can, and I'm going to be speaking to the believer um, throughout this series. It's a three-part series. It'll be three separate podcasts, uh, and the first one tonight is uh, accepted in Christ. First and foremost, who are we in Christ? Well, we're accepted. We're accepted in Christ, and and like I said, although I'm speaking to uh, to the believer, um, for those who are out there who may come upon this podcast and you're not a believer, I need you to understand that this is this can be for you as well. 
if you're not a believer, you can be. The Word of God says that Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come to die for the sins of those who would believe on His name. He has to be Lord of your life. He has to be Savior of your life. You have to be accepted by Him in order for any of this to make sense. And I urge you, I plead with you, if you, if you don't know Christ, you can. Pick up a Bible. Pray. If He's speaking to you right now, listen. We all know those people in our life who are Christians. Not the ones who say they're Christians, but the ones who their life speaks that they are Christian. You may be out there and you don't know anybody like this. I, I, I don't like to plug all my stuff, but, but send me an email. Ask Pastor Scott at gmail.com. Send me an email. Speak to me. I will speak to you. Ask me questions. If you aren't a believer, if you aren't a Christian and you want to be, I want to help you through that. I really do. I don't have to have any part of it. It's between you and God, and God does the work. Christ saves. But if you need more information on that or or just need somebody to, to, to listen or to speak to, I would love to do that. But let's get into let's get into this first episode uh, of this series, who we are in Christ. And, and as I said tonight, we're going to go over ten ten different statements. Uh, I believe the Bible shows us that we're accepted in Christ. They're they're not in order, right? I didn't go book to book. Um, some of these statements even, uh, probably could have been put in a little better order, but, but, uh, I just, I needed to get this down on recording. So here is, uh, here's the first one, who we are in Christ, where well, we're accepted in Christ. Number one, we are united with our Lord and one with him in spirit. These are going to be some pretty powerful statements, especially backed up with scripture. And if we would stop and actually reflect and meditate on these statements, uh, I, I believe that they could help us. I, I really do. It doesn't matter what situation you're in, believer. You're accepted in Christ. Remember that. Stand upon that. And times may be rough. Times may be hard. It may be a lot going on right now. Believe me, there's a lot going on in my life. Every person that I talk to, there's a, there's a lot going on in their life and this isn't small potato stuff it's it's some really big adult things that are happening sicknesses troubles trials tribulations you're accepted in Christ even in the midst of your struggle right now even in the midst of your suffering right now if you're a true believer Jesus Christ has accepted you we're united with our Lord and we're one with him in spirit first Corinthians 6 and 17 speaks to this. The one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. I'm going to read that again. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17. The one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. 
these aren't the words of just any pastor. These aren't the words uh, of a mere man. These these are holy words from from our scriptures. Romans six four through seven backs this up as well. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ has raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. Beloved, if if we are accepted in Christ, we're truly free. You may sit here and be listening to this and say, well, Pastor Scott, I... I I know the Bible says that I'm free. I know that I'm free from the bondage of sin. I know Romans 8, it says that now there's no condemnation, right? But yet I I still sin. I, I have sin in my life. I'm a sinful creature. Yes, I understand that. And, and believe me, I'm right there with you. First John tells us if we if we say that there's no sin in us, we make God a liar. And, and believe me, God's not a liar. There is sin in our life, but yet we're still free. We are free from the bondage of sin. Repent. If if you are a believer and, and conviction is coming over your life right now because you hear that we're supposed to be free, but yet I know I'm sinful, repent. Repent. We're accepted in Christ Jesus. And one of those things that happens in acceptance in Christ is we're able to repent. We couldn't do that before. I I remember growing up listening to gospel preaching and and uh, there was plenty of times, plenty of nights, plenty of services, plenty of tears shed on my pillow after service pleading with God to to save me to to help me to quit all this horrible sinning in my life but yet I, I would fall into sin and I would fall into sin and I would continue to fall into sin and and then salvation came and and there was a time it was we call it the honeymoon phase right where everything is perfect nothing is wrong everybody everybody is is great and then i sinned again <laughs> i remember in one ear our enemy our adversary saying look you, nothing has changed right you you just you did the same thing that you did a month ago and and you're supposed to be saved beloved we're accepted in christ upon our salvation it is Christ and Christ alone in whom saves us. And yes, I sin, but I have now the opportunity to fall upon my face before a thrice holy God and repent. And not only that, but know that I'm heard. 
This is just point number one. <laughs> point number two, we're children of God. That's what we're saying here. I'm united in the Lord, and, and I'm one in His Spirit. So, so yes, I, I, I've been made a child of God. John 1, 9 through 13 speaks to this. There, uh, <clears throat> there was the, the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, listen to this, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Believer, it doesn't matter how many times you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That one time when it was genuine, when there was a change on the inside and out of the abundance of that change came your heart cry of Abba Father. That was the difference. That was something that God did. And it was only because you you are now accepted that you're a child of God. Not only are we children of God, but we're friends of Christ. John 15, 12 through 17. This is my commandment. And this is number three, by the way. That you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, there's that little two-letter word, if. Verse 15, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, that you love one another. I can't think of any better friend than that of my Lord and my Savior. It's enough for him to be Lord. It's enough for him to be Savior. It's enough for him, for me just to be a, a, an heir with him, to be a child of God, but, but to be friend? Beloved, our Lord didn't have to do that. He chose to do that. It says that we didn't choose him. He chose us. Point number four. Who are we in Christ? We're accepted in Christ, and out of that acceptance... We're justified. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, <clears throat> having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our, our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Point number five. 
We've been bought with a price, and therefore we belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6 uh, speaks into this, verses 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> who is in you, whom you have from God? Those are four words that pack a powerful, powerful meaning. God takes care of his own. Let me start over and read. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. We're not our own anymore. We lived a life. We tried to we tried to do it ourselves. Every single one of us, if we're truthful, would say that we've made a horrible, 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 horrible. I hope that that makes sense. <laughs> we made a bad life for ourselves. But every second that we live in God, it's mercies upon mercies, graces upon grace, love upon love. And yeah, we glorify God in our body now. Our body is a living sacrifice, the word says. We, we live out this Christian life among a world that hates this Christian life. Why do we do that? Well, because we've been bought with a price. We're not our own. The Lord takes care of his his own, and that's who we are. We're members of Christ's body. Number six, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. It's not one person, but it's a multitude of people. All making up this body of Christ were the hands and the feet of, of the Lord, as you will. For some reason in in his sovereign will, he's chosen to use sinful creatures to proclaim the best message there is, the good news of the gospel. This is who you are. Remember, remember who you are. Number seven, we're adopted by God, therefore we are saints to God. Ephesians 1, 1 through 6 Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and whom are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. We won't be saints one day. We are saints. We need to start to understand how God perceives us now. We were hated by him in our sinfulness, in our rejection of his son. But 
being found in his son, being accepted by Jesus Christ, has made us righteous, not because of anything that I have done or that you have done, but because it isn't our righteousness. It is the righteousness of Christ himself. Number eight, we have direct access to God through the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2 speaks to this, verses 18 through 22. <clears throat> and it reads like this, For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. You see how all these scriptures are are really encompassing and wrapping up really everything that we're talking about. It's acceptance in Christ. It's being accepted by God. Where we was once separated, now we're accepted. Verse 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitly uh, fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. We have direct access to God now. We can boldly approach the throne, as Paul says, not in a prideful sense, not because I have gained anything, but out of a humbleness, knowing that I could have never approached God I was eternally severed from his presence. What Adam did in the fall in the garden totally knocked me out of any acceptance of a thrice holy God. But being accepted by Christ, being saved into this Jesus that we speak of, not a Jesus, not your Jesus, not my Jesus, but the Jesus, by no other name can a man be saved but that of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Verse number, or, uh, not verse 9, but point number 9. We have been redeemed, forgiven of all of our sins. How many sins? All of our sins. Which sins? All of our sins. Pastor Scott, do you mean the sins that I committed before my salvation? No, I mean all of your sins. Pastor Scott, do you mean the sins that I've committed since my salvation? Yes, I mean all of, all of your sins. There is no condemnation to those who love God, who are found in Christ. There's conviction. There's godly sorrow. There's chastenings. There's consequences for sins. I haven't done away with any of that, but there's no condemnation to sins. We are forgiven fully and totally of our sin. Our sin was placed upon Christ on the cross, and in return we, we received or imputed, to use biblical terms, we were imputed His righteousness. He received our curse, we received His righteousness. That's what God sees when He looks at us, beloved. We've been redeemed. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness 
and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to read that one again. There was so many scriptures that we could have put right here. There's more scriptures than, than what I'm saying tonight. But I really, really, really like Colossians. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Remember, we've been redeemed because we're accepted. We've been redeemed and we're forgiven of our sins. For he rescued us from the dominion or the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And number 10, what we ultimately gain in the acceptance of Christ is that we're complete in Christ. Number 10 and number 1 is really the same thing. Not to try and double back on ourselves, but number 1, if you remember, we're united with our Lord and one with Him in spirit. And number 10, we're complete. We're complete in Christ. Colossians 2, uh, verses 9 through 15. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. And the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Verse 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. That's in the scripture, folks. Verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of degrees against us, which was hostile to us. It was not good for us. The decrees against us, this debt of sin that was ever before us. And he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross, in verse 15, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Beloved, what Adam brought about was a separation from God, having sinned to enter into, into all men, into all flesh. It's the doctrine of original sin. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. What Jesus did for us, what he did for you and I, is nothing short of a miraculous undertaking of spiritual love. He did what, he, what we could not do. He made a way back to God for us. We're no longer separated from our God, but made to be united with him through the work of, of this Christ, this Jesus, his son. We're no longer enemies of God. Since we're accepted by the son, we're not enemies of God no longer. 
but we're now accepted by the Father because we're found in the Son. And, and if I could leave you with one more verse, Romans 5, 18 through 19. So then, as though one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so though one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as though the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, the many were made righteous. Know who you are, not in a prideful way, but in a humble way. Know who we are in Christ. And the Bible says we're accepted. Thank you for tuning in with us. Please like and follow us for weekly episodes just like the one you heard tonight. You can find us on all podcast platforms or online at www dot See you next time and God bless.